Welcome, bienvenue, to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. structure is a little tiny bit different this week. Eric and I got right into it when we actually recorded the pod, so you'll have to wait until the outtake and the outro to hear some thoughts on some other topics. This week on the pod, we're going to have a big shoot around about the MLB World Series, which are wrapping up in the next day or two. We've got some thoughts about what the implications could be for next season, some of the pitching strategies that we've seen. And the second half, we're going to talk about where our Sloan project is. Eric's going to introduce a little bit of a problem that we've been having trying to figure out what to do with the disabled list. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about some display and some pie-in-the-sky ideas that we might have for interactivity. So here we go. Have you stayed up for all the games? No. Oh, man, I can't. Me either. No, no. Yeah. Okay. I... You know, the last couple of games, I've, like, stopped paying attention somewhere in the, like, either the eighth or ninth inning. And there's a whole lot of baseball that goes on after that. Last three games, I've stayed up, been following them till about that point, and that's it. I know. There's been so much. And, and the thing is, is that, like, the games have gone an entirely different way after I've stopped watching. <laughs> Free baseball. I mean, what what can you... What can you expect? I We probably should talk about bullpen usage a little bit and the and the value of... If, I mean, if this really is the way that baseball goes more regular season. I mean, it, it's the way that it has been going. That's why our Bastardo strategy is working. That's right. That's right. But that, I mean, that's... Uh... I don't know. A, Are we just recording the pod right now? It's a dangerous path to go down. I don't know. Maybe. I think we're just recording the pod. Okay. We'll, we'll, you can find the, uh, the opening. <laughs> I'll sneak somewhere. this in somewhere. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm inclined to think that this is still just a playoff only move. But it's not. I mean, we keep seeing this, like the long use of the bullpen the um couple of specialized guys relying heavily on the it's not even just matchup dependent anymore you know these guys are being brought out because they're aces in the bullpen so brandon morrow in the vestardo stock does he go up failed starter yes i mean so do you so now do you think that failed starters are an archetype to to track for the vestardo strategy if you're trying to get in on someone on the ground floor yeah, failed starters who were strikeout pitchers are the ultimate bestardos. So Archie Bradley, you pick up. Archie Bradley. He's another right? example. Okay. You know, Brad Peacock was a failed starter who was who was Yeah. Very good on the strikeouts. Edwin Diaz was a failed starter at the minor league level. Yep. Yeah, there's another one. So maybe this this is what we need to track. That was you know, it's what um the two Dumbos on Fantasy Focus 
baseball podcast talk about um the other eric always says that vince velasquez he's always negative on the phillies but he always says vince velasquez just can't hold it together long enough to be a starter and it's kind of true i mean he's got strikeout stuff he could strike everybody out he could go up there and be told like these guys are tired strike out five guys in a row and he'd be like okay i'm gonna try to strike out five guys in a row the phillies (laughs) just don't have they don't have the um the institutional strength to weather (laughs) to be able to put him into a relief role like they have to throw him no they have to hope that he's gonna that he's gonna stretch it out and be able to go (laughs) six seven so what is what's the deal with clayton kershaw as a corollary I mean, he looks exhausted at this point, and he was hurt. Do you think? So. Do you think that he, like, now that we have, now that we've seen this, and we've seen what he looks like in previous seasons, is he not a full season pitcher? Maybe not. I mean, they gave him yeah. what he he had five games off this year, right? Basically, he had he had twenty seven starts, I think. I think when I was doing the analysis, twenty seven starts, and he. Got pretty close to 200 innings, though, right? He, I think he, I think he brushed it. If he didn't get, if he didn't get it, he was very close. He, let me see this. 175 innings. Nice. So 175 innings, 18 wins, 231 ERA, 200 strikeouts. So what do you do? You have the number of postseason innings that he's pitched in front of you? Yeah, 28 innings. Okay, he had a, basically a 5.7 ERA in the first round 2.45 in the second round and then 5.4 era this this round one game two games yeah that's so what did you think about the dodgers strategy of not doing short rest like now that we've seen what their strat now that now that we've seen what the rest of their strategy is wouldn't it have made sense to pitch them on short rest and just be very short leashed and then have an extra long arm in a starter. Oh, you mean transition one of those guys, Alex Wood? Yeah. Have Alex Wood be the long long guy in every game? Yeah. I don't I think that over the course of the year they're basically doing a six man rotation. So none of these guys are used to being used that heavily. I think you'd probably burn them out. They're already showing fatigue. But I don't think you even have to use them that heavily like say you get three innings out of your starter i mean or do what you know do the not the um non-conformist which is start the reliever for yeah. an inning or two innings get through the batters get through all the batters once and then put in the starter for the for the heart and soul of the game yes yeah, i know I, you could but i don't i mean i don't know what you do in these games because they've they've been such kind of slow burns <laughs> I know. I mean, these games are like the thing is, is you look at the final score and it's like ex- offensive explosion, but it's like they're it's like they're locked in a like arm wrestling match for the first like <laughs> six innings, couple little uh, uh, ooh, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, they tire out, and then it's just like just flying all over the place, uh, 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 swings, yeah, madly. I agree with that. And the the balls are juiced, right? Yeah, I mean, there's so, something's up. There's something up with with the baseballs, but they they keep on being these plausible um 
excuses that everyone keeps on coming up with. Well, it was so hot in LA for games one and two. Right. And they're saying the pitchers are complaining. They're saying that the balls are slick. Yeah. It's like sort of like um, I remember way back in the 90s, um, I think it was the the, uh, Steelers, the Steelers Cowboys Super Bowl. One of the quarterbacks was talking about how all the balls were just super like greasy and then he spent the entire warm-ups like just trying to like <laughs> get as get him as worn in and covered in dirt as possible oh, really? he was having a hard time throwing him and like i can just imagine these days with there being like a thousand world series balls like and if those things really are slicker than the regular ball yeah like that's got to be that could kind of explain the whole my um arm wrestling analogy in that they're like able to concentrate and then just as things go because they're just putting in that much more effort holding yeah i mean that that could be true i don't know rich rich hill's finger blisters (laughs) they're back (laughs) did you see i was watching kenley jansen's like it was like his hold on the i could never be able to do yeah on the what is it cutter like amazing i i think about that all the time when i see like guys holding cutters like ouch <laughs> oh yeah no it's not comfortable the curve balls are amazing too because like yes how do you even hold on to the ball doing that i know i i feel that way too but it the pitching is has been very interesting in this series and um you know i'm i'm at risk i'm definitely at risk of over interpreting trends for baseball next year based on mm-hmm. what's happening now yeah don't do it <laughs> don't do it i know i know we gotta i think i think that i'm i've come all the way back to i'm not gonna consider the postseason <laughs> next year yeah we can't do that well it's it's been fun anyway though right it has been fun so we'll have a winner by the next time we talk we will have a winner by the next time we talk yeah next couple days might even have a winner by the time you listen to this yeah we really don't always talk that much pure baseball so to get you back to something irreverent here's an outtake are are, do velociraptors hunt in female packs though do we know it was a girl no we do know it was a girl because that was a premise of that movie was that all the dinosaurs were female Oh, I totally forgot that that was that that was a key part that they had made them all. Remember Doctor Malcolm being like, "What do you do? Just lift up all their skirts?" That's right. No, I. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I. Uh, huh. How do you write that dialogue in 2017? <laughs> all right. So one of the pieces that we wanted to talk about was, um, you know, how we actually look at these players, these growth chart curves like optimally every player would play every single game and would then be able to accrue stats naturally over the course of the season but it's not always the case there are a lot of players that end up having dl stints or um (laughs) um why am i blanking on the term for it paternity dl stints or paternity leaves uh you know that we want to we want to count we want to account for so instead of you know a guy has a seven day paternity leave misses seven games like his he should then only go from game number one to game number 155 Mm -hmm. 
So that means that we need to have a really good idea of the DL usage. And fortunately, we did cover this in one of the podcasts. I was able to find a pretty decent source for it. Um, I think we've got this into a workable format. Unfortunately, the one thing that I need to do two things. Number one is to um, populate your matrix structure. So mm-hmm. I need to kind of dig in and uh, look at how you constructed your matrix. Because mm-hmm. Michael constructed a matrix that says, you know, for every player, every player in the table, well, in the matrix, every player has, um, you know, a whole row. It's, it's the values, whether that's played appearances or runs, you know, for every single game across every single day. <laughs> Yep. of a 200 day period um and i just need to replicate that with then a binary of whether the the player was active or inactive over that that period so i need to be able to convert um what i have right now which is able to say the date that someone became active or inactive on the dl and then actually create a what are, you, what are you calling this? A Boolean mask? A Boolean mask. Yes. George Boole for all the Boole heads out there. Uh, I I think, I mean, <laughs> we, we can get into this now because we've already argued about data structures with regards to this project multiple times. Oh, boy. <laughs> but no, no, I, I was just going to say that I think that this actually is the best way to do this because we can toggle switches not only for whether they were active or inactive, but we can also toggle for, say, days that they only were pinch hitters. So you can say, mm-hmm. okay, this is a day that this batter only came to the plate once, so we don't want to include them in this version of the growth chart. Like maybe we make, you know, we make a few different ideas, iterations of the growth chart to try and tease out different things. For instance, we've talked at length um, offline about pitchers and how we're how we're going to deal with them because we do mm-hmm. have right now. I grabbed everyone, every single plate appearance that happened, but we maybe want able to flip off <laughs> those pitchers. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that the the thing when I'm doing this is this is a bit of a the data side. Um, so mm-hmm. Michael is designing a system in which we have a handful to a dozen different matrices that we're going to be able to use to do matrix multiplication um which is is going to be pretty fast Mm -hmm. once the data sets are created it's going to be a a pretty fast way to do the the data analysis um i'm typically for creating as few tables as possible in a format that is going to be um, as small as possible. So, you know, it's just a different idea of we're going to be able to, and because we're dealing with a thousand players across 200 days, you know, it's not really that many different uh, um, pieces of data. I'm used to working with a hundred thousand a million pieces of data that have 50 attributes which really starts to get 
which you really need to start to think about like how can i minimize how many this is yeah you so, you were terrified when i first told you my intention here to like what to store all doing, of the values <laughs> you you said it and i'll just reiterate that this the operation to do the multiplication is fast and so there's the the philosophy here is the the overhead versus the documentation essentially so you prefer a little bit more computational overhead because then the computer keeps track of all of the attributes for you whereas in the the version that we're doing there's basically no attributes you get a bare table and you have to rely on documentation either in the code or elsewhere to know what you're actually looking at yeah and that yeah that's that's gonna be hard because even right now we're just like it's like what day does the actual what are dates <laughs> yeah yeah i will this data set? i agree this is not the most elegant system because it's currently dated in days from the start of march <laughs> <laughs> and thank god for the gregorian calendar and being having the same number of days in every month <laughs> well you didn't i hey i will i'll make you a key if you need it but you didn't tell me that i needed to do it by month i asked you can i just do this by raw day number and you were like sure uh, i think i don't think you were paying i don't think you were really paying attention to me at that time <laughs> to be i was thinking well typically yeah no i was thinking that we would have at least somewhere we would end up having like you know it being like a header I wasn't really oh. thinking in matrices. Yeah, no, no header here. So, I mean, this is this is not the most exciting conversation, but there is a lot of data cleaning and a collaborative project. We've got we've gotten away with a lot of gross behind the scenes data stuff over the course of this year because we've worked on our own projects and not passed them back and forth as much as we should have. Oh, and maybe yeah. for season two, we need to move to a model where we're committed to <laughs> passing things back and forth. Yeah, actually. Well, yeah, actually having it something that's ready for the other person to look at. All right. So you worked on D3. Oh, you want to hear about what I worked on? Well, let's hear about D3. I had this. I've been having this crazy idea, this thing that I really want to do where we um, have interactive, we have an interactive portion of the website that has, um, figures and analysis that people can go and interact with and work on. And so I gave you a little test problem. Um, and it was a test problem for myself that I was trying to make a, a real interactive one and trying to show what we could actually do. And with, the the library D3, I gave you a quiz and it will be up on our GitHub page later today um, where you are tasked with drawing the curve of stolen bases by year. So it plots the first few years 2000, from 2005 to 2017. It gives you 2005 to 2009 then you have to guess what the rest of the curve looks like. And so it's this interactive thing where you click with your mouse and you draw the curve and then it tells you what the right answer is. And so I was thinking about whether it's interesting at all to do that with individual players and try and give people the start of their growth curve and ask, how did the rest of the season go? Or conversely, here's where the player ended. How do you think they accumulated over the course of the mm -hmm. season? 
then you can have some sort of intuitive check on whether how you think people actually did is true or um, whether whether you how you were off, if you were off in a positive or negative way. And so I just like the idea of having some interaction with the data as opposed to just looking at a static figure. Yeah, that you you can kind of actually expose your a priori knowledge <laughs> yeah. to yourself or at least your biases. Yeah, this was pretty good. It's pretty it's nice and simple, but it was it's fun because it does end up drawing it out after you've uh, made your your attempt. How many bases were stolen as a function of year? So just to tell everybody <laughs> um Mike cuts this off at 2010 and there's kind of it looks like you have a little bit of a a positive um positive trend oh second derivative that, a positive second derivative there yeah yeah oh and then um in 2011 it shoots up and then basically just falls off a cliff since um since that point I mean, it kind of stayed up a little bit in 2012 but and we were talking right before we started we don't have a good explanation for why this happened well, I mean, I think we know in the last two years with the home run explosion, if there are more home runs, there's no reason to be stealing bases. There's not as there's not as many chances to steal bases, right? I mean, how can Jose Altuve steal a base if he's never on the bases because he's hitting all those jacks? I mean, he uh, he gets walked a fair amount, so... Yeah, but then he's number two in the lineup and stuck behind someone else. That is true. <laughs> or batting cleanup or something crazy like that. Yeah, lineup tweaks. But I think, I mean, this is an interesting thing, and the the stolen bases was just um, something that had fewer data points than a than a growth chart. And this isn't, mm-hmm. this hasn't, I haven't automated the production of the data yet. <laughs> so um, so I, I manually entered these. I feel very embarrassed to ever admit, you know, anytime that I admit that I had to do any data entry that I didn't, you know, spend time scraping, even if it took me eight times as long to I, write the scraper. Uh, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> I feel very embarrassed feel like, telling you, like, oh, I, I punched these all in by hand, but... <laughs> didn't even have a grad student do it for yeah, you. Yeah, I know. I really should have. Hey, how about, hey. How about a couple extra credit points? <laughs> So you are going to pretend that what you're typing in is uh, atmospheric gases coming uh, as seen from whatever. (laughs) I'm not even going to try that. We'll put this in the grant report. It'll be fine. (laughs) So, uh, But this reveals something. You were programming in JavaScript. uh, I know. Um... Wow. I, you know, I'm torn because forsooth Java- I know not why I am so sad. <laughs> JavaScript is not is not my native tongue, and not even <laughs> not even one of my uh, my better better languages. And so, while I have this clear vision of what I want to see come to fruition with this project, I recognize that this is not on our workflow at all. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> so, I I keep waiting for the project manager to cut me off, and, uh, and uh, you are the project manager. Crap! You're the project. I keep waiting for the project sponsor to tell me that he's gonna. Oh my pull, gosh! He's gonna pull support for the project. Did you write all of these all these lines of code? I hope that you got this from a template. Um, I wrote most of them. <laughs> oh my gosh! There is there are functions up the wazoo here. 
Well, I kind of, whatever. Leave me alone. All right, so we're gonna keep on, keep on keeping on here. Um, hopefully, we we get back into some more analysis over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I'll, I'll crack the project manager whip and uh, stay on track here. Yeah, we gotta go back into that Gantt chart. Make sure that <laughs> we're on task. Yeah. I think I added a little bit of a little bit of wiggle at the start, but not too much. All right, you want to wrap this sucker up? Yes, let's go to it. Now, I was watching the World Series the other day, and an ad came on. I believe it was for Apple, and it had um, Savage Garden in Truly Madly Deeply. <laughs> I, and I turned to the lady. I turned to the lady, and I said, um, "Oh, you must know this song." And she said, "I've never heard this song before what? in my life." I was like, "What are you talking about, Savage Garden? You've never, never heard of them before in my life." And then she, then I'm like, and I was like, I'm going to play you a song. She's like, I'm not going to know it. I don't know why you always do this. I start playing. It's like 10 seconds in. She's like, oh, yeah, I do know this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And even I sent it to the, um, I, I sent a text message basically about this to my friend from fourth grade who played that album a ton while we were in fourth grade and she was just like savage garden oh were you watching the world series <laughs> just <Yeah>. then <laughs> like yeah <laughs> you know there there was a period of time where they were they were not escapable for people in our age cohort <laughs> oh my gosh yeah unlike the bus that was i think for me i always i always think back to to uh, junior high and creed I think we listened to Human Clay every single day on the bus. Can you take me higher? Yeah, I know. Like, I mean, uh, come on, come on, come on. Um, all right, well, I think that brings us to the review session. Halloween candy. I like this one. You you texted me this morning with, with a task. So are you going to go first or am I going to go first here? All right, so I told Michael that we are going to pit our favorite Halloween candies against each other. Um, And that is to say, I don't know if this, if you're going back to like trick or treating days, which one you're most excited to see. Um, But let's, uh, you're going to start, you're going to start this off. All right. What was, what's your go-to Halloween candy? In, In the realm of real Halloween candy, I think that there's a rarity aspect to this, but Whoppers, mini bags of Whoppers. Wow. That is so wrong. It's not even <laughs> funny. I don't know what you're going to say. I don't know where you're going with this. I, I had three answers oh, that I was going to give. All right, fine. Uh, I was going to pick which one if you were to have picked the the obvious answer. The obvious answer, which is, and if anyone's looked at 538 recently, they've seen this. I know what this, you're going to say. Is a Reese's Peanut it's Butter Cup. It's not that. Number one, Reese's peanut butter. Come on. But I'm not, you know what? I'm not even going to make that argument because I didn't even prepare that argument. No, no, no. Because just, I thought that you were going to be. Just real quick. Do you, eating method, do you poke out the middle first? Oh, you're ta- You're thinking like the full ones. I'm talking about the miniature cups. Oh, the mi- What? Get out of here. To no like, way. I like eating the top the off. Chocolate, oh, yeah, the no, chocolate I mean, to peanut butter ratio is messed up in those. I know. You have to eat the top off. That's all chocolate, and then you eat it. Okay. Have you ever tried that? 
I haven't. Works uh, well. All right, I might, might have to well. do that. Okay, all right, move Main on. Tip. Move on. We can. Um, one of my favorite candies. I I don't know if it was really out here. It was like the um, the Gutz's caramel creams. Have you had those? I've had them, but they're not a Halloween candy. How was that oh, a Halloween I mean, they were, candy? Because they were always in Halloween. That was, I mean, pretty common in Halloween. But I'm not even going to argue that one. York peppermint patties. Ooh. Another rarity, though, in the... York peppermint patties. That was... I would, like, search through okay. my, my trick-or-treating bag because it was like, ooh, I got to make sure that these last over the course of, like, the week. I can't have them all at one time. Like, you could, you can just go through Reese's peanut butter cups. Boom, 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 boom. Reese's pieces. Boom. Miniatures. Boom. I just, like... You can have them for a whole week, but like you'd only have like five or six of the peppermint patties, and they yep. are so good. They're worth their weight in gold. I agree with that. I think. Can you at least agree that Whoppers are at least on that level of rarity? Sort of. So you're talking like the little bag. Yeah. Of like three. Little. So we've been doing the uh, the person that sits next to me um, in the office has a bit of a candy fix and he has gotten he like has a bowl of candy that at all times has um reese's and twix because those are his two favorite or no kit kats are his two favorite Hmm. i got a bag one time with reese's kit kats and whoppers the whoppers (laughs) were picked over every single bowl are you serious yeah yeah and then all of a sudden, you'd have like, you'd see there were like four bags of Whoppers. I'm just going to grab those and I'm just going to eat pop, 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 pop. They're kind of good. I like, they're more of an experience to eat. I strongly agree. And that's what I like about them. Malted milk balls. That's this guy. It's classic. All right. Uh, time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. And definitely like some of their stuff, guys. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is <laughs> we're selecting you, buddy. We're selecting you, too.